Welcome to the Nordic Manager radio show with me, Steffi. And I'm Nina. Today we have a guest in the studio, Daniel Alling from Swedish Radio. He is the Swedish correspondent in Germany. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. But before we talk to Daniel, uh, today uh, we listen to Dunkel and their new song, Battled.
Daniel, welcome to the Nordic by Nature radio show. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Debbie. Uh, can you tell us a bit about uh, what it's like to be a correspondent in Germany? How do you work here? Uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting work right now because I think that the interest in Germany, in Sweden and in other countries has grown the last three, four years. I mean, the interest of in, in Berlin has always been kind of big in Sweden. We both know that, Nina, and you are here as well. <laughs> but I mean, I think basically the interest in Germany has grown. And I was the correspondent in New York before. I was constantly working at that time. So when I got this job in Berlin, I thought, I'm going to go to Berlin. I'm going to relax and have some cool drinks every night in Kreuzberg or in Neukölln. And so I don't work that much. But it was completely the other way around because, because of this Euro crisis. Uh, I had to work every day, basically, because, you know, there was a risk that the euro should break apart and Germany played the most important role in that crisis. So, I mean, it's it's a great job to be here. It's a great city to live in, but it's also it's also a lot of work. So what are the topics then? I, I would say, I mean, mostly I cover politics, German politics and German Germany's role in, in Europe, in the European Union and in that uh, euro crisis that I just mentioned. And uh, economics is also an important uh, topic because of the role of uh, German, I mean, the, the German power in economic power uh, issues as well. But I also try to cover cultural things like uh, the music scene in Berlin sometimes and theater and stuff like that. I also should also mention that I'm traveling around a, a lot because I'm also covering Poland and, and Austria, Switzerland, the Czech Republic and, the, and Slovakia. So there is a lot of traveling. as What kind of topics do you get the most feedback on? I would still say that, that people in Sweden are still so fascinated by the German history. And I, I can understand that, but I, I mean, like the Second World War and the Holocaust and things like that, people are still very interested in that. I mean, and the, and the wall and the, and, the, and the divided times and the uni reunification. I mean, that, that all, all belongs to the, to the German history. People are very fascinated into that. So I, I try to cover these, these, these topics, but I also try to, to uh, describe Germany as it is today, what I think is so important to, uh, to kind of almost teach people that we are not in, 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 in the Cold War anymore, because, but, 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 uh, and, and Germany has moved on and is now at another position. So we have to talk about now, of course, also about the history. We should never forget, but we also have to think about what Germany is now. And that, that is what I'm trying to focus on. So what are you working on right now then? Um, last week I was in uh, in Neukölln here in Berlin. I was uh, trying to 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 uh, make a portrayal of this uh, famous part of the city, and with a with a focus on gentrification and uh, increasing uh, rents and people having to move and people coming in and that 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 whole big debate that is going on there. You you both know about it. So that was my last. That was that was that was last week's uh, kind of uh, task for me. I was actually staying in Berlin uh, in Neukölln for for a few days, and it was very very interesting. I think. And uh, we want to know how these uh, days went for you. But before we listen to Aspion's uh, new song called Ryb, and uh, the song is actually out as a video, and it's a uh, part of a four-piece video series called Pseudovisions, and it's a new video series uh, by Aspion, and he is uh, focusing on uh, new aspects of masculinity. Very interesting.
Scandinavian in Berlin, I sometimes feel that we're kind of guilty of this gentrification mm-hmm. business. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's a very tricky topic to uh, to report on and also to debate because I tend to see it, uh, that that Berlin is changing so much because Berlin, to some extent, is coming back to to normalcy in terms of that. I mean, the wall is gone and the the, the this kind of very strange time that Berlin went through after the war and after during the Cold War and after re- the reunification. That time is gone and the problem is that Berlin, the politicians, the people t- seem to don't find a way to really deal with it in a, in a proper way. And I, I agree with you. It's hard to... I always say that as a foreign, cor- foreign correspondent, the most important thing is to try to understand the other country that you are living in. But that's so difficult. It's, it's almost impossible possible because you we are not used to that country we're not used to the culture we didn't grow up here and that's so hard to really uh, understand and and that's why I think I when I moved here I, I moved in, in into an apartment here in Prenzlauer Berg and I didn't know about how 
kind of controversial that is for many people in Berlin that are living in, for example, Neukölln. And now I understand it much better four years later or three years later. And um, I kind of start to understand uh, what is going on here in Berlin. But um, so, so to, to some extent, of course, I understand that I mean, my company is paying for my, for my rent. That is pretty high in compared to what other people live in here in Berlin. So it's not, of course, diff difficult for me to understand what role I am playing. But I understand I'm playing a role because, I mean... So who, who did you talk to uh, in Neukölln about the topic? I was trying to find different voices. I mean, my, to my goal is always to... To, uh, to, I mean, the world is never black and white. The world is always in a gray zone. It's very boring to view the world like that, but I think it's the most true way to look upon things. So I tried to, to, to find people that were really critical about this. I was talking to the, to the owner of, for example, Freis Neukölln, this bar that is closing in one year's time because he didn't get uh, a new uh, contract on his uh, location there. And he was, also, of course, very critical to uh, what is going on in Berlin. And that was really an interesting uh, uh, talk with him. But I also tried to talk to people that, that, that were saying and that are saying that without this, this uh, development, Neukölln and other poorer, so to say, um, parts of Berlin would have kind of broken apart. If, if, if there is no money, houses can't be renovated. And uh, if there is no... Uh, development on people's loans, for example. Uh, the, I mean, the, it, it would be a very difficult future for this part of the city. So I try to, I always try to balance things. What is a little bit boring sometimes, it's, as I said, much easier to see the world black and white, but fortunately, the, 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 the life isn't very, is, is very rarely black and white. And I also talk to like normal people on the street and I'll talk to some people at Quartiers uh, Management that are trying to steer things up and try to make things better. But they are also controversial because some people accuse them of making a job that is also raising the rents and stuff like that. So it's very, in, it's very difficult in a topic like that to really get one picture because, as I said, it's a gray zone. Yeah, I got the question last week if uh, I feel like I'm living in a bubble in Berlin. And in a way, I, I guess I do because I live in a type of expat community. But I think Berlin has to be understood as a number of different bubbles that are working together, kind of. There is no real Berlin. There's just different communities. Yeah, I agree with that because I was, as I said, the, uh, the correspondent in New York before. And many people ask me, what is the difference between Berlin and New York? And what are the similarities? And I think one very important difference is that in New York I felt like of course there are differences between Brooklyn and Queens and and Manhattan all these boroughs as they call them in, in New York but I had I had the feeling that they still see each other as New Yorkers that doesn't matter where you live you are a New Yorker but here in Berlin I think that it's much more defined out of where you live in which part of the city first and foremost you are a Neuköllner or a Kreuzberger or a Prenzlauer Berger or a, a Charlottenburger and that makes a big difference in how you kind of view the city and view also the world a little bit so that I, I really agree with you on that Nina that that uh, that Berlin is so divided and it's also it also makes the city so fascinating We're going to keep talking about what's unique about Berlin, but first we're going to hear a song by Iberia, Glide. Mm -hmm. 
It's the Nordic by Nature radio show with Nina and Steffi. And today we have Daniel Alling from Swedish Radio here. And uh, we just, uh, we've just been uh, talking about gentrification and Daniel is, um, or ha has been in Neukölln the last week and uh, finding out uh, how gentrification is perceived um, by the people uh, in Neukölln. Um, did you only do this investigation in Neukölln or have you done it uh, in other districts too? Yeah, I, I made a story about Prenzlauer Berg. I'm living here in Prenzlauer Berg and I made a story about that like a year ago. I mean, for the same reason, basically, because I, I, I just said that uh, what I find so so fascinating with Berlin is that, that it has so many faces, depending on where you are in the city. But I, I kind of realized that, that uh, and everyone knows that, that that lives in Berlin, that in, here in Kolwitz Keys, Keats here around Kolwitz Straße and Kolwitz Platz, uh, the gentrification is already a done deal. Um, But I also found found out that in in the northern parts of Prenzlauer Berg, north of of uh, Danzigerstrasse, for example, or around Copenhagenstrasse, uh, the politicians are trying to do something about this kind of rapid development. And for example, I have heard that they are uh, kind of prohibiting Ferienwohnungen. I mean, that means that that people like. Uh, Nina and I, we are buying a, a, an apartment. I haven't done it, but I mean, we are theoretically. I want to do it. <laughs> we are buying a, 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 an apartment here in Berlin, and then we rent it out to, for tourists. And uh, I, in Copenhagenstrasse, there are so many now. So people try, uh, the politicians try to prohibit that kind of thing because they don't want kind of totally dead streets. And I can understand that. And they also uh, formed laws about how many youth hostels can there be in a in a in a street, for example, or in a in a key. And how, 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 I mean, what do you do when you kind of renovate uh, an, an apartment? Uh, I, I also heard that they try to uh, minimize the, how many, for example, bathrooms you're allowed to have or build in, 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 in apartments. So because if you have two, you can raise the rent much more than you, you can do uh, if you only have one. Uh, so I think they try to do something about it. But it's, of course, it's very difficult because, let's face it, money talks. Mm. And um, it is obvious that a lot of Scandinavians especially uh, move to uh, Frenzelberg. So um, why do you think that is? I mean, that one reason is, of course, that, that mo many Scandinavians that are traveling, they have more money than, than people that are staying in Sweden, for example, all the time. So they can afford uh, things here. And I also think that... Uh, <clears throat> That uh, Prenzlauer for example, is is uh, in many people's view from Scandinavia. It, it's kind of they have a lot of um, kitas. I mean, kindergarten uh, for kids, for example. Uh, it has more than uh, there are a lot of families and a lot of uh, fancy cafes and stuff like that. So I, I think that people uh, just like that nowadays. Although I also agree on people that are criticizing that development to some extent because it's so easy as a foreigner to come and uh, just keep on living as you do at home and not think about that you are now in, a, in another environment and you have to pay respect to that. And it's how you stop that development, I don't know. And if it's only bad, I don't know either. But I think that politicians are really thinking about it because let's face it also, I mean, Berlin is a poor city in that regard that it has a lot of debt and uh, a high rate of unemployment and it's a very tough situation. But what do you think uh, the image of Scandinavians is in uh, in Germany? How do, how do we Germans, like I'm a German, how do I see you guys? 
I think I always answer that question uh, by saying that I always use the fact that I'm a Swede, like the first thing I say. I never present myself with name the first thing I do, but I always say that I'm from the Swedish radio. And I always in Germany get like a positive response on that. Always, always, always. I can, I could, I guess if I went up to Angela Merkel, the chancellor, and said, can I make an interview because I'm from a Swedish radio? She would say yes, because that's the picture of Sweden, Scandinavia as a whole, I guess. But I have the feeling that it's 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 even more significant about Sweden. It's so positive here in Germany. It's 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 almost ridiculously positive. Doesn't matter how many Sweden krimis people are uh, uh, reading about problems in Sweden, they still think it's like the paradise. And I don't know really why, but. That, so it's very useful for me. I, I, I always use that thing if I ask for an interview with a prominent person. It always ends up like this: that oh, from the Swedish radio, I was you know I was on on holiday in uh, in Småland. It's a part of uh, South Sweden where a lot of Germans go. I always get that reaction, and and of course that's very that's very positive and good for me. But uh, I don't really know what that picture is coming from. What do you think, Nina? I mean, I guess you kind of experience the same. Yeah, we get that question all the time. We've been in countless panels where we're asked, why why is the picture of Sweden so positive? And um, I think it goes back really long, kind of longer than Sweden creamies and new pop music. It's something about nature and like... Yeah, I don't know. I never have a good answer for that question. I think Astrid Lindgren plays, a, an, an, a, plays an important role in that. I also think that I, I have this, I've talked about that to a lot of German friends, that there is like a German longing for the, for the, for the big wood, for the empty wood, like the Goethe romantic view of the world. And to some extent that Sweden is so big, and we are only 10 million people. And you can kind of find that in Sweden. People that are really into that, into Germany, they love to go there because it's quiet, it's empty. You can kind of have this, the, the little lake, the trees, that romantic picture. And you get it there. It's a little, you know, cliche, cliche to say it like that. But I think there is something into that. So Would it's all about being alone in the woods. I, I don't say it's only that, but I, can, I, I think there is a German longing to nature that is that goes long back in the history and uh, to some extent i think that a lot of people get that in sweden uh, i'm not really sure guys because uh we don't have that picture about norwegians and they are even more bound to the woods than you guys uh there, there must be something else it's, um, maybe it's the queen sylvia then the german queen of sweden they call it they call her <laughs> Let, let's get back to this yeah. in a second but first um we're going to play a song daniel you brought a song today yeah Asgeir the uh, Icelandic singer-songwriter. I really like him. And we listen to King and Cross from his uh, last album. And she is walking with me from the house of I hear a child crying Oh 
So we're back uh, to the Nordic by Nature radio show today with Daniel Aling from Swedish Radio. We're really happy to have you here. And we are talking about the image of Scandinavians in Germany. And uh, you guys are really serious that we think you're so awesome because you're so bound to nature. But um, I don't know, uh, our producer here and, uh, and I, uh, we maybe uh, think that it's also because Sweden has such a good uh, image because of you always uh, have really good, um, how you say that, notes in the PISA test or um, uh, because of your social welfare system so we still think that uh, those things um, uh, make your society more livable and than ours um, uh, do, do you think this is still yeah I definitely I definitely think that plays a role in this uh, positive German picture of Sweden that 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 it's a well-functioning society and it still is of course Sweden Uh, no doubt about it, and but but uh, and uh, and Sweden has always been good in this uh, in these PISA tests that is kind of measuring the level of knowledge of uh, pupils in different uh, countries in, of the world. But the the fact is that the Swedish welfare state is also changing a lot and has changed a lot the the last 20 years. But and 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 actually in the last PISA test, Sweden kind of had the the worst result ever compared to what we had like 10 years ago. So the results in Sweden are going down and they have done so for for quite a few years. But the, what is so fascinating here in Germany is that doesn't matter. The, past, the, the picture is still very positive. So I think that, that, that it's very hard to change that picture, what is also, of course good for us, but I think the reality is something else. I was thinking about that because uh, last year there were riots outside Stockholm, very serious ones, and you can read headlines in German papers about um, das, das zerstörte Idyll oder Krawallen in Ikea-Land und so. Like, it was, it was totally surprising. Oh, does it really happening in Sweden? Like, it was like they really made big eyes. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that we also have our share of, of problems. What do you think, Nina? Yeah, I think um, what you said earlier about um, Stieg Larsson novels, etc., I think that's really true. I think also the privatization of schools and, um, and old people's care has, I mean, that's proven not to work at all in Sweden, but people still think that it's a socialist society, <laughs> which it's absolutely not. Exactly, so that's not true. That then, I mean, that's a political point of view that it doesn't work. I think a lot of people do think it works, but it, what is true is that it's changing. The Swedish society is changing a lot. Uh, so I really agree on that. But uh, it's going to be... I, I also want to go back to that as a foreign correspondent. It's so... And I have the biggest respect for this, that, that this positive picture uh, is still there, because I, uh, as I mentioned in, at the beginning of the show, as a foreign cor correspondent, you realize that it's so difficult to understand another country and to see the country as it really is. That's why I said that a lot of Swedes still think that Germany is like, they don't see Germany as it is today, because they, but they see Germany as it was once, and, and then you kind of miss Mm. The, the most important thing. I have, I mean, I have friends who want to move to Stockholm and really idealize Stockholm. And I t try to tell them that Stockholm is a beautiful city, but it's actually people are very focused on shallow things. People are focused on money, careers a lot. 
And it doesn't matter what you tell them, they still don't believe you. And then they might move there and be disappointed in three months because, you know, I was right. Yeah, and you haven't even mentioned the, the, the levels of the rents in Stockholm. I mean, you can't even find a rental apartment in the, in the, in the, in the city center of Stockholm anymore. It's, it's, it's hardly impossible. And if you do, the rents are, I mean, you, it's, you can't compare them with Berlin. It's, it's, it's not even comparable. So, I mean, things are changing back home. I don't say it's a bad society. So I don't think it's the welfare state is completely gone or something at all. Not, not at all. But it's changing. Do you think that uh, the whole gentrification topic in Berlin changes uh, the picture of or the image of Scandinavians in Berlin uh, by Berliners? Depends on who you are, who you are talking to, I guess. But by Neuköllners? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, I think, I mean, of course, uh, of course, if you come here with a lot of money, people will kind of maybe be a little critical. But I mean, in general, I think I haven't noticed that, uh, at least when I was there. I mean, I always get positive reactions. It doesn't matter where I am. Mm -hmm. That's good. <laughs> Um, so, um, since uh, Swedish people uh, get positive reactions, they are, of course also get positive reactions, uh, Nordic by nature, because uh, this is what, what, what we do all day. And uh, here is uh, a new artist uh, from Sweden called Julia Speda. We uh, had her as Artist of the Week uh, recently, and uh, this is her new so song, Reptile. Getting weaker every day 
Daniel, you've been a correspondent for a number of years now. How would you say that uh, the work has changed since you started? Yeah, it's it's changing so rapidly. I mean, the, how you do it, not not the the most um, basic things. I mean, you still work with a tape recorder, you still make interviews, but the way, I mean, for example, like 20 years ago, there were, or 30 years ago, the Berlin correspondent had like one cutter, one sound engineer, there was an assistant and everything. And nowadays I do everything myself. And also now we are, we are obliged to uh, use social media and make, uh, I mean, to, to post our things on, on Twitter and be active on Twitter and on Facebook and all these things. So it has really changed a lot. Uh, do you also blog or do you write on Facebook about your topics? Yeah, I try to do that. I mean, we have a, all the, we have like 17 foreign correspondents all over the world by Swedish radio. And uh, we have like a common Facebook site where we kind of post our stories because a lot of people, they don't listen to the radio anymore at certain times, but they kind of download things and stuff. So we are, we are trying to to find new ways to find especially young young listeners but of course it's tricky i don't, I, I think that that uh, it's it's a very it's a very it's a very big um, challenge for radio in the future how to reach people on the other hand i have to say that it's amazing in sweden how many listeners we still have i mean we are 10 million people i think on an ordinary day 2 3 million people listen to Swedish radio at any point at a certain day. I think that's amazing 2014. So there is something with radio that is still lasting. Is there a way that I could like follow only your stories if I want to do? Can I subscribe to your story? I guess there is uh, on uh, on our homepage uh, sr.se and then you find the like the for, the, the 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 page for uh, foreign news and I think there is a way to follow only me. If you want to. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> But it's on Swedish, You're, you're the best in Swedish radio, Daniel. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, how do you imagine radio then in 10 years? How is it going to look like? Yeah, I mean, if, if you had asked... I, I've been a radio reporter now for 17 years. That's amazing how... I mean, time flies. And it has changed. I mean, when I when I entered radio, we were not digitalized. We were working like on old-fashioned kind of tapes. And... Um, Now everything is digitalized and we are working with social media. So, but, but, but what I mentioned before is important. Or despite that, people still listen to radio a lot because I think it fits into a modern lifestyle as well because you can, you can download, you can podcast, you can do things and, like that. And that, that makes me very, very positive about the future of, of radio. If you can find that com combination between old-fashioned radio and social media, I think we could be, we can go, we can see, we can look on the future on on a very positive note. I, I have made actually an observation about the difference in radio consumption patterns between Swedes and Germans. Uh, my theory is that all Germans listen to radio in the shower. Like <laughs> anytime you come to a German's house, they will have a radio in the shower, and that's when they listen to radio. I've never seen that in Sweden. I don't have a radio in my shower. Okay. Yes, do you have a radio in your shower? I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, do you guys uh, like, uh, face uh, this topic a lot? Like, uh, how is it going to look like in 10 years or yeah. five or so? Because this is what this is, for example, an image we have of Scandinavians that you're really forward thinking that you always uh, step further than, than Germans or three steps further even than Germans. Yeah, I mean, my boss talks about it every day about, I mean, about future radio. How shall we? 
we deal with this uh, social media explosion and stuff. By the way, she's coming to Berlin this week, so I had to kind of be careful what I say here. <laughs> but um, no, so I think that, that that's an ongoing debate. And uh, yes, I think it's true as well that Sweden is uh, on the on the front lines in that kind of development because we were very um, early with the internet and digitalization of of the society. So so that's of course an, an advantage, although. It took some time before Swedish radio realized it, but now I think we are on top of things. But it's also hard to change people habits, change people habits, and it's that's the same discussion with as with gentrification. How do you change things only uh, without destroying people's lives that have that, that have been living here for decades? And and then that's the same thing. How do you change Swedish radio so that the old-fashioned listeners are not scared away? And this balance is. On Swedish radio, hard to find, and this balance in Berlin is extremely hard to find. Um, so today we talked about uh, Berlin and uh, gentrification uh, and the image of uh, Scandinavians in Berlin or Germany. Um, is there uh, one word you want to describe uh, Berlin with? Oh, one word. Um, can I use two words? Yes. <laughs> Many faces. What is it in uh, in Swedish? Många ansikten. In nice. auf Deutsch viele Geschichten. Also die 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 Stadt hat so viele Geschichten. Uh, but you would say viele Gesichter. Geschichte. Gesichter. Geschichte. But it can be both though. Ja, Geschichten, History is mine. If you see it very, uh, you know, philosophical, it's a Geschichten. If you see it uh, blank, it's Geschichte. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was. But a it's a city with a lot of faces, mm. with so many faces, yeah. and that, that I don't mean like 3.5 million faces, but I mean so many different ways of life and stuff like that, and that makes it so fascinating to live in. I think. Mm. Yeah, that's probably the reason why we all love to live here. Um, the last yeah. song uh, is uh, Highlands, um, and uh, their song Berlin. We have I love this city and all its ways Woke up, let's start it again I did it all with the help of my friends We found our most of our states And we had fun in our own ways Passing past is falling in love But I left early, never called I run away from 
That was the Nordic by Nature radio show. I'm Nina Langehit. I'm Steffi von Kahnemann. And uh, we say thank you to Daniel. Oh, it thank you guys. It was a pleasure to talk mm. to you. That's really um, interesting. Thanks. You're a very talkative Frank. person. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> inviting you know, me. Uh, yeah, that's my job, you know, to talk. <laughs> yeah. And um, as usual, you can find a track list on BLNFM. You can find all the information about us on our website and blog, Nordic by Nature. Just Google it. You're going to find it. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks. and give me a beat. Ouch! Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the hi-hat. Go on. Mmm, that's good. And now the tambourine, right now.